Welcome to the All About Alts podcast, where we explore the world of alternative investing to help you find financial independence. Join our host, Newview Trust's president, Jason DeBono, as he covers a variety of topics with different guest speakers to discuss tax and alternative investing strategies. It is never too late to start taking control of your financial future, and we are so excited for you to be joining us for this opportunity to hear from some of the best in the business. Welcome to the All About Alts podcast. I am Jason, and I am your host, and we are so excited to finally be kicking off an actual podcast. We've been doing education for the last 20 years as an organization, and I've been personally doing it the last 18 years through every possible medium you could imagine from live to webinar and everything in between. But we've been pushed for quite some time and we've been putting off the inevitable, but here we are ready to get this podcast underway and really more importantly, ready to deliver you guys some content that's going to change the way that you invest and change the way you build for retirement. So All About Alts is a podcast dedicated to alternative investing coupled with tax efficiency. And so we're going to talk back and forth about what strategies you can deploy from an investment standpoint. We're going to bring in guest speakers that have expertise in a variety of topics and subjects. And then we're also going to pull that back in and help draw the parallel to the tax efficiency and help keep more of what you earn by not paying as much in taxes. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff in store, and we're really excited that you're taking the time to join us on our podcast journey. So most of you guys joining the podcast probably don't know who I am, or if you've seen me give a presentation before, may not know a whole lot about me. So let me just give a quick primer on who I am and kind of how I got here so that you understand where the knowledge base is coming from over the last 18 years. I run Newview Trust Company, who's a third-party custodian for self-directed retirement accounts. Now, we not only hold custody for traditional and Roth, SEP, and simple retirement accounts, but we also offer a solo QRP plan, as well as providing syndication-level custody for those that are syndicators out there. And we have an entirely customized custodial solution for advisory firms that are in the business of providing alts to their customers. So pretty well-rounded in the way that we provide alternative asset custody and self-directed retirement custody over the last 20 years. But we've got just over $2 billion of assets. We've seen over 50,000 transactions in the course of my time here at Newview. And so I've been fortunate to really see the lens of our clients and the investment strategies they've been able to deploy and be successful. And so we're going to leverage their experience and our knowledge so that we can share those ideas and insights with you so you too can get on that bandwagon and start building that wealth from an alternative investment strategy coupled inside of tax advantaged accounts. So about 18 years ago, I had no idea what an IRA was, what a self-directed IRA is, or what an alternative investment was, nor did I know that an industry like this even existed. And so when I was wrapping up my degree in college, I was working at Macy's department store, and I knew that if I wanted to get into a more professional career, I needed to find some sort of experience that was outside of just the retail sales world. And so I went to a internship expo that the university I went to was putting on and I ran into a bunch of different companies and I was fortunate enough to get five or six different interviews. And I remember going into each interview, looking up each company, trying to figure out, hey, what do they do? Who am I meeting with? And at the time, the internet was robust, but maybe not as robust as it is today. And so I remember going into some of these interviews with SeaWorld and Callaway and firms that were pretty easy to understand. But then I got to Newview. 
And I remember getting on their website, I couldn't make a whole lot of sense out of what it actually was or what they actually did. And so I did what anyone that was in college would do when you didn't know something. I picked up the phone and called dad. And I asked my dad, dad, get on the internet, which was a challenge in and of itself. But I finally got him onto the website and said, dad, what does this company do? And he said, well, I don't know, son. It looks like they deal with real estate inside of IRAs, but you can't do that. It's not allowed. And I thought, well, now I'm intrigued. Dad says no. That tells me I'm more interested in pursuing it even further. And so I went into the interview and I started really by saying, hey, can you help me understand what you guys do? I actually talked to my dad about this. He said, this isn't even possible. And so it really sparked what, what turned into be an extended interview, maybe more of a little bit of an educational session as we really talked through why people don't know. Now, when we say don't know, what I mean is why they don't know that they can actually use retirement assets to invest into real estate or other Main Street level alternative asset classes. So when I got out of that interview and I was able to pick up the phone and call my dad and say, dad, you are not going to believe this. It is real. You can do it. Here's why. And when I explained to my dad that this wasn't a matter of whether or not the IRS allowed it, but whether or not you had your IRA at a company that would facilitate these types of transactions, he was blown away. In fact, I vividly remember him saying, man, I wish I knew about this 10 years ago. And so my dad was one of the first accounts that I ever opened. My dad has been self-directing for the last 18 years while I've been working at NewView. And it's been an awesome ride and we've learned so many great things. And my dad's done so many cool things in his own retirement account. And I couldn't be happier to report that the guy that I never thought would retire, retired at the end of 2021. And he's enjoying his retirement journey and legacy. And I'll be honest, I don't think any of that would have been possible had he not been able to get this level of information through happenstance and me taking a job with a firm that allowed him to go out and buy and sell properties over the last 18 years and build up enough of a nest egg to actually retire. So it's amazing how things have come somewhat full circle. And so now here I am trying to continue to build my own retirement nest egg so that I too can follow in those footsteps and find retirement. And I think this is where all of our common ground is, is no matter what we do for work, no matter what we do in our day to day, no matter how much money we make, no matter how much money we accumulate, there is one common thread amongst everyone listening to today's podcast. And that is we all want to stop working at some point. Now, one of the things that I really want to emphasize is that we're here to talk about taking action and we're here to talk about what you can do, not what you can't do. And so it's important if you're going to be an active listener to this show, make sure you're listening with the right attitude. And that is, how do I get there? I started 18 years ago not knowing the first thing about alternatives, not knowing the first thing about investing, and I was able to listen to people that were much smarter than me that could share insights and guidance, and I've been able to accelerate my ability to save for retirement through accessing these types of strategies, both on the investment side and on the tax advantage side. So we're going to make sure we highlight that every week on the All About Alts podcast. So what is the All About Alts podcast, right? We get that question a lot because we've been asking ourselves internally for the last few months, what are we actually aspiring to do? We've been delivering educational content for the last 20 years. We've been in business personally the last 18 years. I've been in this space and we've always participated in podcasts, events and activities, but we've never done it for ourselves. So we finally have taken enough 
of the feedback from you guys out there telling us you want it, you need it, and here we are to deliver it. So what is this podcast all about? Well, by name, it's all about alts. But what we're really focused on is two different things, but those two things work hand in hand together. The two things we're focused on is alternative investing. And when we say alternative investing, let's just pause here and say, what does that really mean? Alternative investing is a broad term. Maybe it's a catch-all. Maybe it's too broad. So for definition purposes on this podcast, when we say the word alter alternatives, what we mean is a non-publicly traded investment. That could be real estate. It could be any type of real estate, whether that be single family, multifamily, commercial. It could be raw land, undeveloped property for development. It can be short term, long term, midterm rentals, any and all of the above. But it's not just real estate. It could also be private notes, various lending activities, secured notes, unsecured notes, bridge loans, Anything that has some sort of interest rate and promise to repay with a maturity date would fall into that category. And we see notes of all different shapes and sizes, performing and non-performing. We see notes on the personal and on the business side. We see notes on the residential and the commercial side. All of these are all under that auspice of alternatives. The latter group that we see that we categorize inside of alternatives is private equity. Now, private equity means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But when I say private equity, it means some sort of packaged up investment that's sold to a series of investors that's not public. Now, private equity most commonly is referred to venture capital, angel type funding, business level funding. But private equity is also covers and includes things like real estate funds, development funds, multifamily funds, as well as debt funds, any sort of group level investment that's created and put out for investment purposes, whether it be set up as a regulation D or regulation A, or whether it be common stock or private stock, which are just different structures that we will introduce you to bit by bit over time, all of these different strategies and structures all are considered an alternative. So let's take that as a catch-all and say, when we say alts and when we say alternatives, we're talking literally about any and all of those things we just mentioned. The second thing that we're all about here is we're all about tax-efficient investing. And the way that we achieve tax-efficient investing is a byproduct of our investment strategy. And we'll talk about how these investment asset classes provide tax benefits. But we also are big believers based on the business that we run every day in the power of tax advantage investing through retirement accounts. And retirement accounts include traditional Roth, Simple, SEP. They include special purpose accounts, HSA or health savings account, ESA, educational savings account. They also include business type plans like a solo 401k or solo QRP as we commonly refer to it. But these are 401k level plans that can also hold all of the investment strategies that we're going to talk about on this podcast. So when we say we're all about alts, yes, it starts with alternatives because the investment strategy is the tail that's wagging the dog. But sometimes people let that give them all the guidance and the direction that they need, and they leave a big piece of money off of the table or give that bit of money to their investment partner, who's Uncle Sam. And so we're going to talk strategies about being a great investor and how to really underwrite and understand investment strategies. But we're also going to make sure that we talk about how to keep more or all 
of the investment return that you get, how to eliminate Uncle Sam, your business partner, from every transaction that you do. And there will be plenty of scenarios where it's going to be an easy approach, and there'll be some scenarios where it may not be worth the effort to get there. But our goal on this podcast is to really talk you through the strategies. The last thing that I just want to make sure that I share with everybody from an All About Alts podcast standpoint is money is personal. You will hear me over the course of our podcast series say things like, you could, you should, this is great, this is amazing, I love this, I do this. But I want to make sure that you never take that personally and say, I should do it because someone else does it. The I is the personal part, and you've got to run it through your own filter and lens of due diligence, as well as what are your goals and objectives? What's your age? What's your desired outcome? What's your investment strategy, philosophy? What's your risk profile? All of these things are unique to you, and nobody on this podcast, whether it be myself or any of our guests, are ever going to tell you what you should do. But we do hope We do hope that you take everything that we say, get a couple kernels or nuggets of thought each podcast, and then turn and look internally and say, hey, these three or four things sound great. Should I or could I be deploying some of these strategies in my personal life, whether it be on the saving side and the types of investment vehicles that we're putting money into, or whether it be on the actual investment side, which is what am I doing with the money that I'm saving? Am I saving enough? And when I do, how am I deploying that? What are the strategies that exist? So our goal in this podcast is to be educators. It's to have some fun and it's to make sure that you walk away every single week a little bit smarter about what opportunities may be in front of you. But the path that you take to success is your path. It's not mine. We're here to encourage you. We're here to help. We're here to support. We're here to give you ideas. But it's all about taking action and taking the right action for you. Make sure that uh, that you're listening intently and make sure that you're being introspective about the things that you hear on this podcast and how they may impact your life on a go forward basis. One of the things that's so exciting for me about this podcast is it's not just about sharing great educational content and strategies. We're going to have some fun while we do it. For those that don't know our producer, Maggie, Maggie started as an intern. So she's got a little soft spot in my heart because I also started as an intern. And here she is a few years later now as our podcast producer. And and Maggie's absolutely awesome. And you guys will get to know her more over the show. So we came up with this idea of the quirky question of the day. And it's really born out of a few different things. And for those that know Maggie, it is not her quirkiness that caused this segment to be introduced, although one could certainly make a case that she could fill the envelopes with enough quirky questions herself. But that's a whole nother set of discussion for a whole nother show. But as we talk about what the quirky question of the day is, it's really about there's always that person, guy, girl, doesn't really matter at every single event or every educational bit of content that we produce that always asks some questions out of left field. And we used to get super annoyed. I remember being up, we sometimes referred to it as the guy or the girl in the yellow shirt. It was an easy way to describe. And that meant there's someone in the crowd that's driving us crazy. But over the years, I have to say, I actually learned to love it and embrace it. Sometimes it's a lot of fun to get a question that's totally out of left field. And so we're going to embrace it here on the show. So if you guys will indulge us each week and enjoy this segment, we're going to 
filter through. I've got three envelopes that Maggie's going to give me the opportunity to choose from with one of the three quirky questions that's been asked along the way. And so I actually don't know what's in those. It's a little bit scary and daunting to think about it, but we're going to have some fun with it. If you want to ask some of those quirky questions or you want to participate, make sure that you're plugging those questions in. You can email those to me at jason at newviewtrust.com. Don't forget, we spell it a little funky, but jason at newviewtrust.com. Put quirky question of the show inside the subject line and we'll put those in the envelopes. And who knows, maybe next week it'll be the envelope that's selected. So without further ado, here we go, Maggie. I'm going, I've got three envelopes. I am going envelope in the middle And so let's see what we got. All right. So we've got three quirky questions that we're going to run through today. Number one, would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? Oh, man. Now, this is almost going to appear set up because I not only can talk about this, but I'm literally living this out through my son in his soccer journey as we speak. So I'm going to take the opportunity to answer this maybe a little more longer winded than Maggie intended, but I guess that's the perk of being on the mic. So would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? I think as I've gotten older, the answer has gotten easier and easier for me. And that is, I would rather be the worst player on a great team. And I'll tell you in my 18 year journey here at Newview, I feel like as I grow, I actually become less good of a player compared to my colleagues and the team gets better. And that is something that's really exciting. I think for those out there that are listening, you'll kind of understand what that actually means. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be the best player. I didn't care about the team. All I wanted to do was be the best player. And I did want to win. And so as I've gotten older, yeah, that answer has certainly shifted a lot less about me and a lot more about we. And that's something that, yeah, watching my son play on a soccer team today, you know, he's not the worst player on the team, but he's far from the best. But man, they're a good soccer team. And so it's been a little bit of a challenge and it's been a real blow to his ego. And it's been, I think, as a parent, an incredible coaching opportunity where we can really talk through what does it really mean and what does winning actually mean? And something that I learned from a personal development standpoint over the years is there's a big difference between wanting to win and never wanting to lose. And I always thought those were the same thing, right? Never losing meant winning and winning always meant never losing. But the reality is, and you'll find this from an investment strategy as well, is those two things are different and they're very, very different. So yeah, today, no question about it, Maggie. I want to be the worst player on a great team. They're going to do nothing but lift me up and make me a better player along the way. So yeah, good one there. All right. So question number two, what is one story about your childhood that best explains the person you are today? Man, I could tell you a lot of interesting stories about my childhood. I'm sure they've all helped shape me, some positive, some probably a bit more negatively over time. But I think the biggest thing here that I would point to is probably growing up in a convenience store. So my family owned a a small convenience store in a town in Southwest Florida. And I grew up as a kid working, playing out of that store five days a week. And so it was kind of who we were. It was a family business. Everybody was there. Everybody participated. And age was not at all a factor in whether or not you could show up and get some work done. So I think it taught me two things and and really work ethic. And, and I won't bore you guys with what kind of work ethic I have and all of that. But it did teach me that 
don't be scared to do a little bit of everything. And in a convenience store, you could probably imagine the various level of tasks and responsibilities and things that are done. But the second thing that, that I think it really taught me is how to interact and communicate with people. In a convenience store, you see all kinds of people, all walks of life, in some ways very good, in some ways very bad and interesting. But from a young age, I was always interacting with people and I was ringing people up at 10 years old, you know, when they were coming in to get the essentials that they needed from the store. So yeah, I think growing up in a convenience store is fun. On a probably worse note, I have an incredible sweet tooth and I can drink soda by the gallon simply because I was raised with a candy aisle and a big styrofoam cup that I could go fill up as much as I wanted at the soda fountain, despite the fact that my parents always tried to limit it. They had no idea how to meter how much soda we actually drank as kids. So that's probably the real negatives that came out of that, but definitely fun growing up in a convenience store nonetheless. Question number three. Interesting. If you could create a career that doesn't currently exist, what would it be? It does kind of exist, but I don't think it's actually a a career. This one for me is so easy and it would be a sports couch commentator. I want to be able to sit on my couch with my buddies, my family, whoever I'm watching a game with. I want to be able to critique and do all the things that we love to do and and commentate and broadcast the actual show and game, but I don't want to actually have to do it as a broadcasting career. So I have no idea if I would be successful, but man, I love nothing more than to sit on a college football game on a Saturday and talk to the television, talk about what's going on, even though I'd say half the time, I probably don't have a clue what I'm actually talking about, but I thoroughly enjoy it. So there you have it. The newly created career that does not exist is the sports couch commentator. And I'm sure there's many of you out there that probably are actively pursuing this profession right alongside me. We just aren't getting paid for it yet. So if anyone figures out how to make that a career, please let me know. When I ride off into the sunset, that may be the next career choice for me. So there you have it. There's the quirky questions of the day. Thank you, Maggie, for throwing those together. Thank you to those of you out there that submitted those questions along the way. Hopefully we'll continue to have some fun with this segment on a weekly basis a little bit nervous as this show goes on and more people participate to see what kind of questions actually come through. We'll certainly do our best to have some fun with it. As we enter into the latter half of today's show, we're going to kind of bring things to a close by really just chatting a little bit about tax advantaged investing. And I want to make sure that we're all kind of understanding the angle at which we're coming at with today's show, because there's so many different ways and so much noise out in the marketplace about tax advantage and tax beneficial investing. And I'll be honest, it's all really good stuff. We're not here to try to highlight some of this as being the right stuff while pointing out what's wrong. Tax strategies and tax efficiencies range the gamut in how you can utilize those in your investment strategy. But from this show's standpoint, we're really going to harness the power of utilizing retirement assets or retirement savings to invest in these alternative asset strategies and classes. And so when we say tax advantage investing, we're going to spend the majority of our time on this show talking about the tax advantages that these accounts automatically provide. It doesn't mean that they can't be coupled or enhanced by the strategies from a tax standpoint on the investment side. And as we bring in guest speakers and as we talk about alternative investment strategies, we'll certainly make sure to highlight all of the tax efficiency that those investments may create. And we'll even talk about how to make investments inside or outside of your retirement account. So 
I'll share a quick story with you about a client of mine that I've had for many, many years. He's become a really good friend of mine and and probably someone that you'll actually get to meet right here on the show as we bring some successful clients in and help them share what made them successful. But the gentleman and I were chatting many years ago, and one of the things that came up was, how do I make investments in my IRA into, say, real estate, right? And in that level of discussion was, well, you got to kind of think of these as two separate things. You have savings, right? And savings is not just retirement savings. Savings is savings. So you may have savings in a money market account. You may have savings that, that are your personal funds that are in a brokerage account that own stocks and bonds. You may have savings just sitting in your checking account, right? But you also have savings that you put into specific or deliberate accounts that are earmarked or tagged for certain activities or they're built and designed to create tax efficiency over the lifetime of those funds. This may be, you may have money into some sort of life insurance policy where you have some cash benefit that you could go tap into. That's certainly savings. You may have money in your employer's 401k, which is probably the most common type of retirement savings. You may have money that you've put into a five-year CD that could be both your personal account or it could be your retirement account. So when we talk about savings, make sure that you're just thinking about that as money to invest. That's money that you have readily available to you to invest. Now, this could be money from a bank. It could be an equity line. It could be money that you intend to borrow from someone else. All of that all fits under that umbrella of savings. But when we take that savings, what we want to really take a hard look at is how do we get the most efficiency out of that savings? Now, I would never tell anyone that a great strategy is to save every dollar that you have into a retirement account, right? Because that solves your problem for retirement, but it doesn't provide you savings for your day-to-day activities. So savings is a tool, and we're going to talk over the course of this podcast on the different types of vehicles and approaches and strategies and how to be a better saver, and then how to put it into accounts that may be more favorable should you be willing to earmark money for a longer period of time. But coming back to the story with the client of mine, his question was, what's the real strategy here? I've got 10, 12 different places I've put some money away. How do I go invest that? And what money is best? And to me, we entered into what I consider the best place for people to be from a wealth building standpoint. And that is having various buckets of money to invest. Because now we get to go into these college level academic type understanding of this is super advanced stuff. Now we can start looking at our investment strategy and actually making investment decisions and then coupling that investment decision with good tax strategy. So when we talk about having these savings vehicles, whether they be IRAs or personal accounts or brokerage, right? Forget about that for the time being. The real strategy that we're working towards is being able to identify good quality investments that we believe match our risk profile, that we believe provide a good risk adjusted return, that we believe fit in our investment philosophy. And when I say we, that's a you decision, right? I can help you with the thought process, but money is personal. You've got to make that decision yourself. But once that decision is made, that's decision number one. And most people combine decision one and two into one big decision. 
And what success from a wealth building standpoint is really breaking those into two separate decisions. So decision one says, I'm going to buy this rental property, right? I believe I'm buying it at a good price. I believe that it's got great cash flow. I believe it's in a market where appreciation over time will be maximized. I believe, right, it's in a an area where there's some value add where I can raise rents, whatever this strategy is that you've deployed. Now that you've made that decision, the question becomes, what vehicle is it best to be bought in? And this is where the tax efficiency discussion is so instrumental in your investment process because most people would go out and they would engage in that investment through the path of least resistance. They'd likely go get a loan from a bank and they'd go make that investment. And the question that inevitably they're not asking themselves is, is that the most efficient way to do that? You've already vetted the deal. You've already underwrote the investment. It makes great sense. But now let's step back and say, if I've got four or five different sources of money that I could pick from to make that investment, let's start putting tax efficiency at the top of the list to decide which bucket I should be pulling that money from. And so that's what we're really going to focus on on this podcast is bringing in good quality speakers bringing in subject matter experts that can help us understand how these investments work, operate, and how you as an investor can evaluate them, identify them, and determine whether they're the right investment for you. And then we're going to talk about how to look at the various sources of money that you have. And we're going to talk about why you may make this particular investment in your personal name or why you may make it in a retirement account investment or maybe why this is best to be in one of your children's ESA accounts or maybe it's best to be in a combination of all of those. But we're going to talk about how that tax strategy and that tax efficiency will help you keep more of the money that you earn on that investment. And so it's so exciting for me to be able to share some of this info. It's exciting for me to bring in some of the guests and mentors that I've met along the way that have been instrumental in my own investment career but in the careers of thousands of other investors that have just taken these nuggets of information, digested them, figured out how they get into their own personal investment philosophy, and then executing. So when we go through this podcast, make sure that you're not just here to figure out how to invest your money. Make sure you're here to figure out how to save more money, how to save more money efficiently, how to invest better, wiser, and more efficiently. And then most importantly, to put a bow on it all, how to marry all of those independent decisions back together so that every investment you make is the most efficient from a tax and an investment strategy standpoint. So as we close out our podcast, we're going to enter into a section that I like to call learn before you burn. Years ago, I met a gentleman and he said, remember one thing about investing in life. And he said, if there's one thing that you take away, it's this. Life is all about experience and lessons. And usually the greatest lessons learned are learned through the most traumatic experiences. Now, let that sink in and I'll repeat that. The greatest lessons learned are usually learned by the most tragic of experiences, right? Sometimes we got to be hit in the face and it has to hurt for us to actually get the lesson. So for those with kids, you'll get this one. All, and for those without kids, go back to when you were a kid. It's very simple, right? What's the fastest way to get your child to stop touching the hot stove? let them touch it, right? Because they will burn their hand one time and realize that is a pain they do not want to feel again. 
But one of the things that he taught me was if you can change your mindset and actually become someone that gets the greatest lessons from someone else's tragic experience, you're winning the game. So we're going to talk through this section called learn before you burn. And we're going to go through and talk about a lesson, whether that's from me or whether that's from our guest speakers that we just want to share, which is we went through this experience. We learned the hard way. Take it learn from it. And hopefully that experience keeps you from getting burned and having to actually do it and participate yourself to get the full lesson. All right, listeners. So my learn before you burn advice for the day, it's very simple, but it's very important. And that is save until it hurts. Now you may be thinking, all right, what's the experience that you got that taught you that lesson? And I think it's something that's so timely. This podcast is launching in 2023. We're in a very unique position where we have, in some ways, everything around us seems like it's going great, but we're dealing with inflation. We're dealing with recession talks. We may be in a recession as we speak. We may be headed towards a recession if we're not currently in it today. And so when I say save until it hurts, it means prepare yourself for rainy days. And for those that can go back and remember 2007 and eight and the great recession that ensued and what challenges came out of that, I learned the hard way when I didn't have enough money saved. I had graduated college in 2005. I started my career here at Newview. Things were going good. Everybody was buying everything. People were setting up accounts. Life was great. And then 2007, 8, 9, 10, which were very low points in, in really every economic condition that you could imagine across all aspects. And I had investments. I had income that was dropping as a salesperson that wasn't opening up as many accounts. And I learned the hard way that I did not have enough savings. And I'll tell you what really, really hurt and hit me in the face really hard was that I did not have enough money saved to take advantage of the opportunities that presented themselves in 10 and 11 and 12. Now, thankfully, I was able to take advantage of some of those investments, but I could have bought two, three, four times the properties that I did during that period had I just saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what, maybe it's time for me to not buy X, Y, and Z. Maybe it's time for me to double down on my savings. Maybe it's time for me to ride this out a little bit more. So the moral of the story in saving till it hurts is it's not just saving when it hurts for a rainy day. It's saving until it hurts for the day of opportunity. Now, I'm not telling you to sit on the sidelines, stockpile cash and wait, wait, wait. You can miss out on a lot of great investment opportunities in doing that. But I am telling you the lesson that I wish I would have learned from someone else's experience would have been to put more money away earlier on. That way, if I needed it for the rainy day, I had it. But I also had it as investments came along through that entire period of the Great Recession. I could have been more opportunistic and captured more investments during that time. So life goes on. I learned that lesson through experience. Hopefully, you can learn that lesson without the experience. So there you go. There you have it. Today's show's Learn Before You Burn segment. So we've hit the part of today's show where we've got to bring things to a close. I want to start by thanking you for being on the inaugural All About Alts podcast. We hope that you hit the like, share, and subscribe button and stay part of this group and community as we grow and evolve and really, again, talk about all thing alts. 
right? That's the thing that we want to make sure that we're getting out into the marketplace. And so we're happy that you're here and look forward to having you. Next week's show is going to be a great one. We've got a good friend of mine, Greg Cohen from JWB Capital, who's going to be on the show. Greg and I met nearly 16 years ago. He was just getting into real estate with a couple of buddies trying to figure out where his place was. Fast forward 15 plus years, and he now runs one of the most successful investment firms in the country. They've done thousands of property investments, as well as really being what I believe to be one of the first movers in the build to rent space years and years ago before anyone else was really doing it. So Greg Cohen's an awesome guy. He hosts his own podcast. You're going to love having him on. So certainly don't miss that. Again, like, share, subscribe. Be sure to join the community. You can also download this podcast along with all the future podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube and all the socials that are out there. So be sure to follow us. If you have ideas for topics, if you have content that you'd love for us to bring on, make sure that you email me at jason at newviewtrust.com. Don't forget, we spell it quirky. We'll blame that on Maggie, our quirky former intern as well. But Jason at Newview Trust, make sure that you get that emailed over. We're always looking to bring on content that may be near and dear to you. Chances are it's near and dear to someone else as well. So happy investing, everybody. Thanks for being here. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much for listening. We hope the information within this podcast has given you the tools that you need to find your way to financial independence. We would love to partner with you on this journey. Text ALTS, that's A-L-T-S, to 407-708-1853 to learn more about how to get started today. Don't forget to follow us to make sure you don't miss a second of content, and we'll see you next week.